Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Have you ever heard the phrase, there can only be one number one? Well, that is true in many aspects of life, but it is even more true when it comes to Almighty God. There can only be one number one. Isaiah the prophet said this in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images or to idols. God says, I and I alone am deserving of any glory. And he further said, I will not give my glory. I will not give my praise to anything else, to graven images or to idols. Any idol that we might set up in our lives, God says, no way, no how. The glory belongs to me and me alone. And that makes sense because Almighty God is the only one who uh, always existed. Almighty God is our creator. Almighty God is our redeemer. And he alone deserves any credit, any any glory. Well, um, this was not happening in the church at large 500 plus years ago. Things have gotten really bad. As a matter of fact, um, so bad that God began to raise up men like Martin Luther, men like Wycliffe, men like Huss, men like Calvin and others uh, throughout that time period. Um, and he raised those men up and worked in them and through them to bring the church back to where it ought to be. What was happening was God's glory was being stolen. It was, it was a, being attempted to be shared by others. For example, the teaching that the church uh, had begun teaching at that point in the game that Mary somehow or the other was the co-redemptress. And for those of you that might not know what that means, you know, Jesus and Jesus alone is our Redeemer, uh, the one that uh, bought us back through his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection. And yet somehow in their theology, they were teaching that Mary shared in that uh, redeeming act, co-redemptress. Uh, that, and, and again, in effect, was uh, sharing God's glory with Mary, and, and she would never have done that. Uh, she called herself the handmaiden, the servant of Almighty God. And then uh, there were all of the uh, steps uh, to salvation. I referred in a previous podcast as I was reading uh, something that was written uh, by another man to the piecemeal salvation uh, in other words, uh, one step at a time, as you worked your way through, you were able to gain God's grace. That, of course, is absolutely heresy. It's, it is not the truth, but that's what was being taught in those days by church leaders. And so that was uh, stealing God's glory, not sharing God's glory. It had become a major problem. Now, we've been talking about the five solas that came out of the uh, uh, Reformation. And uh, as I said before, no one person sat down and said, now we're going to write these five things down and these are going to be the things that uh, form the basis for the Reformation. That's not what happened. But what happened was as God was moving 
over a period of time, uh, various ones began to pull together and said, here's what God's doing. These five solas, and sola, again, is the Latin term for alone. And these five solas are the things that uh, bring us back to rediscovering God's plan for salvation. And the five solas are Scripture alone, and it all begins in Scripture, Christ alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, to the glory of God alone. And so when we talk about the glory of God, all of that is happening ultimately for God's, for God's glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 talks about the glory of His grace. The glory of His grace. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 talks about the glory of His power. His power. Oh, the power that He has to pull us out of darkness, to raise us from spiritual death, and to, to bring us to, to life again. But even before that, all the way back in Psalm chapter 19, verse 1, uh, we're told that even creation itself, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. The heavens themselves are, are declaring, one, one version says, are speaking forth the glory of God. The fact that God created everything, and, and when you look around, even though creation has been marred by the fall of man, by, by uh, the sinfulness of man, yet through, through all of it, the glory of God shines out through creation. Have you ever been out on a dark, moonless night and looked up in a cloudless sky on a dark night and seen uh, the uh, billions, uh, perhaps even trillions, of stars. And uh, what an awesome sight. It, it never ceases to amaze me when I go out and I look up in, the, in a dark night at the sky and, and see the stars. And, and I know uh, that uh, God's glory is being declared there as I contemplate the vastness of this universe and, and I realize how very small that I am. And yet, as vast as this universe is, as, as impressive as it is, uh, the, the, the smallness of me it, uh, gets uh, larger when I think that God created me. God made me. In the vastness of this universe, God didn't forget me. He didn't forget you. And that's to His glory. That's to, that's to His power. And then when I go from there and I see a very, very small insect. You know, have you ever observed a very small insect, one of God's creations, and thought about um, the intricacy of that insect, how God could make the vast universe, and yet God could make that very smallest insect. You see, that is God's glory shining through shining through with without a doubt i think about romans chapter 11 you know paul wrote the book of romans and romans is known to be a great treatise on on the doc, great doctrines of 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 salvation the doctrines of the faith and paul did it like <laughs> it's never been done before never will be done again as god used him uh to to share those great truths and then he comes to chapter 11 at the uh, end of chapter 11, um, he, he says in verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? And in verse 36, just wraps it all up for from him, from God, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. See, that, that, there's the bottom line. Uh, nobody has loaned God anything. Nobody has given God any advice. Um, no one has been his counselor. And so, and so everything comes from him. Everything comes through him. So he is the cause of everything. He delivers everything. And everything comes back to him because to him is the glory forever and ever. Um, Paul in, in Ephesians chapter 1 talks about uh, that great salvation. And um, in, in verse 5 it says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will. Verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In verse 11 of, of Ephesians 1, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. There it is again. So our very salvation, not only our creation, but our salvation, our redemption is to the praise of His glory. It is all so that in the ages to come, we might show forth uh, and declare and, and be instruments of His glory. And to that, uh, to, and to that end, I uh, recently read part of a sermon that I want to, to share with you from, uh, from John Piper. And the question is, if God alone gets the glory, what about our glorification? The biblical answer is that when we say soli Deo Gloria, to God uh, glory al- be alone, we should mean whatever glory is shared with man is a glory that calls attention ultimately to the source and end of all things, the glory of God alone. Piper says the Bible is stunningly clear that the children of God will be glorified with the glory of God. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Romans eight thirty says, To whom He predestined, He also called, and those whom He called, He also justified, and those whom He justified, He also glorified. Why is God so intent on making us glorious with His own glory? The reason for this is not hard to see. Jesus said His aim for us is that His joy, His divine joy might be in us and our joy might be full. But you can't put jet engines uh, from a 747 in a tiny smart car. You can't fit the volcano of God's joy in the teacup of my unglorified soul. You can't put all glorious joy in inglorious people. 
we will be glorified because it is the only way we can be fully satisfied in God so that God alone will be glorified in us. Isn't that a good word? Uh, God is preparing us to experience His full joy and glory for eternity. To God alone be the glory. Well, we'll talk more about that in the next podcast. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.